All right, welcome back to another episode of the I Love Keep show. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about probably my most favorite topic when it comes to keep. And not just my most favorite topic, but probably one of the most important things you could and should be doing with keep. Now, we all know that the real power of keep comes in the follow-up, right? The fortunes are in the follow-up is what they say. And truthfully, that's probably the most valuable thing. But second to that would be this topic, and that is lead source tracking. So if you're not familiar with that term, lead source tracking, don't worry, I'm going to explain it all to you. For those of you that are familiar with it, hopefully I'm going to shed some light on this for you so that you understand how simple and yet how powerful it can be and how all of the tracking that's possible out there actually muddies this most powerful thing. So lead source tracking, let's back up. First, we need to realize that as business owners, we have what I call a sphere of influence barrier. I hear people all the time talking about, oh yeah, my business is great because it just relies on referrals. It just grows on referrals. You know, it's, it's great. I don't have to spend money on advertising. People are proud of that oftentimes. I've never spent a dollar on advertising. Yes, that is great. And very few businesses can actually grow fairly large on word of mouth only. But most businesses are not going to because of what we call the sphere of influence barrier. What does that mean? Well, it starts out as you, the business owner, You then communicate about your business to others, like your family and friends and employees. And uh, then as you grow, you might have partners and all of that. And those, those communications get the message out a little bit further. And then you have customers and those customers might share the message a little bit. But for the most part, most businesses don't have a message that is clear enough, compelling enough, or easy enough to transfer that it just spreads like wildfire all by itself beyond this sphere of influence that you have. And so in order to grow beyond that sphere of influence, you're eventually going to need to do things other than just talk to partners, family, friends, employees, and customers. So we grow you know, through personal connections, knocking doors, making calls, social media, referrals, sales teams, etc. But eventually, to continue growing, you're going to need to get into paid advertising. So when we start spending money on driving traffic, we need to make sure that we're actually getting a return on that money. And I'm here to tell you that most of the data that you're used to looking at is guiding you in the wrong direction. Not on purpose and not because you're dumb, but because you don't have the whole picture in front of you. Let's take a look at an an example. So let's say we've invested some money and let's say we've invested equal amounts of money in both Facebook and Google. So we've got a Facebook campaign, we spent $100. We've got a Google campaign, we spent $100. And in Facebook, we're getting clicks at 50 cents a click. And in Google, we're getting clicks at $2 a click. If that's all the data that we have when we look at this, then we might say, hey, look, our clicks are coming in a whole lot cheaper on Facebook than they are on Google. On Google, they're costing us four times as much. So maybe we should cancel the Google campaign and spend all the money on Facebook. Well, like I said, 
This is not accounting for the whole picture. So let's see a little bit more of the picture. Let's take a look at the cost per lead. So people are clicking, but what percentage of those are actually opting in? They're becoming leads. They're giving us contact information. So if we have this information, and you can readily get this information when you're spending money on Facebook and Google and most ad platforms. And so in this situation, we look at it and we say, all right, Facebook leads are coming in at $10 a lead. So although the clicks were cheaper, fewer of them are opting in, right? So they're costing us more. Google leads are coming in at $4 a lead. So again, if we make decisions at this point, we're going to decide, well, we thought the traffic was cheaper on Facebook, and in fact it was, but the leads are cheaper on Google. So, well, now I changed my mind. <laughs> I, I wanna cancel the Facebook ads and reallocate that money into Google ads. Well, again, that may not be the full picture. Let's take a look at the next piece of the picture. See, not all of those leads become customers. So what if the cost per customer in Facebook is $100 and the cost per customer in Google is $50? Well, again, now I'm gonna stick to my guns. Okay, although the traffic was cheaper on Facebook, the clicks were only 50 cents compared to $2. Now I've got two strong data points. My leads are coming in cheaper on Google and my customers are coming in cheaper on Google. You know, $50 customer is much better than a $100 customer, right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna double down on my Google advertising. Well, hold up, because what are they buying? What if the Facebook customers are spending $1,000 on average per purchase and the Google customers are spending $100 on average. Well, that changes the picture again, right? So if our expenses are the same, we spend $100 on each campaign and ignore the average purchase I just mentioned. Let's just talk about revenue in total. So I spent $100 on Facebook and I got $100 in revenue on Facebook. Great, I spent $100 on Google advertising and I got $100 in revenue. Well, at least I didn't lose money. I'm ROI neutral, right? Got to zero, so that's okay. But wow, I 10X'd my revenue, or I 10X'd my money, right? By investing in Facebook ads. So maybe I'll just spend all my money on Facebook. See how I'm flip-flopping back and forth as I see more and more of the picture here? So my ROI is a thousand percent on Facebook and it's zero on Google. Well, let's take a look at total revenue. What do I mean by this? Well, that's just the initial purchase and that's all you can ever really track in most cases with Facebook and Google until you get, unless you get into really serious API stuff and most people don't, whatever. But what if those people bought subscriptions or they came back and they purchased more stuff later? All of that changes the picture. So Maybe those people that came in through Google, although the initial revenue was only $100 that was generated, maybe they were on subscription and they stayed on for years. So the total revenue from those customers was $5,000 on a $100 purchase, or $100 expense, sorry. And on the other hand, maybe the Facebook people came in, they bought a bunch more initially, but they didn't stay on their subscriptions or they never bought anything else. And so the total revenue down the road on that is only 1,500. 
So now I flip flopped again. Now I want to put all my all my money into Google, right? So again, without the full picture, we're left to make decisions that very well may take us away from the right answer. And the right answer is that we need to focus on the lifetime value of the customer, the total revenue. How much revenue is that customer bringing in on the initial purchase, plus all subsequent purchases, recurring subscriptions, uh, repeat purchases, all that kind of stuff, the total lifetime value of the customer. When we compare ad platform reporting versus customer lifetime value reporting, we often get very, very different conclusions. So the problem is that no system out there gives you the whole picture out of the box. And it's a little tricky sometimes in most systems to get any good data at all, but you can still get it. And this is one of the things that I love about Keep because Keep has lead source tracking in it that most systems don't even come close to touching. But out of the box, it doesn't fully work the way we need it to. So let's start with the concept. The first thing is we need to capture the lead source. The lead source is not the thing they did to enter your system. So some people will say, oh, okay, that person opted in through my ebook web form. So the lead source is my ebook. No, that's incorrect. The lead source is where the traffic came from. So we were talking Facebook and Google earlier. Those are lead sources, but we need to get a little bit more specific than that because we can't just say Facebook in general. How do you distinguish between your uh, Facebook organic posts versus a boosted post versus uh, an ad campaign? And then if you're running ad campaigns, you might have five different campaigns. And what about ad sets within those campaigns and then ads within those ad sets? We need to get specific because some things might work better than others. So we need to capture that information. What specifically or where specifically did that lead come from? Which ad? Once we capture that lead source, that lead source needs to stay with the contact forever. Why? Because we need the whole lifetime value of the customer. All the revenue that that customer generates over its lifetime, we need to track it back to the expense of the ad that generated that lead. All right, so lead sources have two associated numbers. First, the expense, right? That's how much we spent to generate that lead. And then we have the revenue, the revenue that is generated by those customers over time. Now, all of this comes together in Keep if we can track the lead source correctly into the contact record. The contact record in Keep has a lead source field. The lead source field is not just a text field. It's actually uh, associated with a table of lead sources inside of Keep where you can attach expenses to it. So the revenue comes in and it gets attached to the customer through their orders and the lead source is attached to the customer because it's set on the contact record and the lead source itself has expenses attached to that. That's how we bring those two things together. And what connects this all is what are called UTM links or UTM parameters. Uh, Google is the company that kind of brought all this to, uh, to the public eye. Truthfully, it was another company called Urchin. That's where UTM comes from. Urchin tracking method. Uh, I've been around doing this a long time, so I actually remember when Urchin was a company. <laughs> it was a thing. Google bought this company called Urchin many, many, many years ago. 
uh, and, and continued their method of passing these parameters in links. So UTM parameters have been around for a long time. And UTM parameters look something like this. So you might have a link that goes to your site and then you append a question mark UTM underscore source equals Facebook. Now again, when we track lead sources, we need to be a little bit more specific. And so we like to bring in some of the other parameters as well, things like the UTM campaign. So I bring in these four UTM variables, UTM source, UTM campaign, UTM content, and UTM medium. The way I use them is UTM source is the generic source, big things like Facebook, Google, etc. UTM campaign would be the name of the campaign that I'm running. UTM content might be the specific ad and maybe even the ad set plus the ad name all combined together into one word. And then UTM medium, I use that as broad categories, things like paid social or organic social or organic search or whatever. And I tried to bucket everything into broad categories with the UTM medium. So when you set up your ads and you create your links, you can pass these UTM parameters, use UTM variables through your links so that they end up on the page. So here's a page where I might drive traffic and you can see up in the URL that I've got there, UTM source equals Facebook, UTM campaign equals Black Friday, UTM content equals ad set one, and then UTM medium equals social. Now what's happening here this is using a free tool that we offer to all Keep customers. And this free tool is called ROI Tracker. ROI Tracker is a free little JavaScript that will take those UTM variables out of the URL up there and secretly inject them into a Keep web form. So you see the web form on the right there. Well, if we happen to look at the code beneath that web form, See, our fancy little ROI tracker JavaScript has grabbed those variables and created some hidden fields inside the form. One for lead source name, which it took three of those parameters, the UTM source, the UTM campaign, and the UTM content, and it strung them together for the value of the lead source name. So now our lead source is Facebook-BlackFriday-AdSet1. And then it took UTM medium, and it plugged that into another field called the lead source category name because inside of Keep, lead sources are organized by categories. And that helps us see at a high level what's going on there, okay? So that's what's happening. This little ROI tracker JavaScript needs to be present to capture this information. Otherwise, Keep, out of the box, will only grab a very generic lead source. In this case, it might just grab Facebook and call that the lead source. But that doesn't help us because it's not specific enough. So using ROI Tracker and using Keep Native Web Forms, we can capture the lead source correctly. And when a new contact fills out this form and those parameters are passed, that lead source will be stuck on that contact record forever. It's another thing that's very special about the lead source field is once it's set on the contact record, it cannot be overridden automatically. So when they come back and they fill out another form, say they click on a different ad, they fill out another form, it won't get overridden. We want it to stay as the original lead source for the life of that customer. All right, so we got those UTM variables, we plugged them into those hidden fields. And then as contacts opt in and purchase things, we can then go to the lead source ROI report, which is in the marketing 
reports area inside of KeepMax Classic, and we end up seeing lead sources like this. And it shows us our expenses, our revenue, our ROI, how many contacts, our cost per contact, how many customers, our cost per customer. This is really exciting data. Now you do have to manually go in and input your expenses. So I do this on maybe a monthly basis. I go into Facebook, I figure out how much I spent on each campaign, I come in and I plug those expenses in. All you have to do is just click on the lead source itself, it takes you to a page like this, you hit that button, add expense, and you can add your one-time expenses. You can even add recurring expenses. If you have, if you, maybe you're working with a vendor where you're paying for ads and you pay a flat monthly fee. Hey, I'll pay you $3,000 a month for some exposure. Great, you can just put that in there as a, a recurring expense as well. So that is the solution to our problem, ROI tracker. And you can find that at boxoutmarketing.com slash ROI dash tracker. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes here so you can go and grab that free little JavaScript for you. Uh, it also comes with uh, some video training to show you how to utilize it. Gets into this information that I shared with you today in a little bit more detail. And we'll show you exactly how to uh, implement that tool. But lead source tracking is the key to knowing where you should invest in your advertising. As you continue to advertise and you continue to run more and more campaigns and try new and new and more sources, you'll always know where you should advertise next. And that is one of the most important questions that you should be trying to answer every single day as you grow your business. Where can I go get more profitable leads? And the way to know where you can get more profitable leads is by looking at where you got profitable leads in the past. Lead source tracking is the best way to do that. So good luck. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions about ROI tracker or about lead source tracking. But this will change the game for you if you're trying to grow through paid advertising.